Wrestling has more than one royal family. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special bonus edition of the podcast of Hoots, aka the Hoots Podcast. Hope everyone is having a good weekend. It is yours truly the nefarious brother, Adam, aka Joshua Lopez, chilling here in the break free room here in lovely Chicago, Illinois. I am joined today by a luminary of the podcast at Hoots, a good brother on air, and a good brother, more importantly, off the air. He is a one-of-a-kind one individual, a man I respect because he knows what he does, and he's not <laughs> somebody pretending to be somebody in the wrestling business. Anyways, here he is, the one and only, the man behind the Heat Wrestling Podcast, my main man, Referee Tony S. What's going on, good sir? Josh Lopez, it's a pleasure to be back on with you, ladies and gentlemen. I am a referee legitimate, not because it's in my name, because it is my game. It is the title. It is in which I operate. And I am checking out my phone, seeing Twitter blow up right now for a bunch of different reasons because of primarily what happened yesterday and Money in the Bank, which we will certainly talk about. Uh, but I do appreciate the kind words, and it's good to be back with you. I haven't seen each other for a while, yes. but yeah, that's what family does. Family gets back together, and uh, we're going to have some fun here today, everybody. We're going to have some fun talking uh, Money in the Bank along with a few other topics as well. Um, before we start, uh, this will also be on uh, my show feed, the Heat Wrestling Podcast, is, as well on available on all platforms. That will be coming back soon. But glad to be with you today is we're going to talk about mostly all things Money in the Bank, which was a very successful pay-per-view, not just by the numbers, but by what we saw yesterday. Content, for sure, content. And here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got a lot to discuss in the weekend part here because there's so much wrestling. Uh, it's hard to even fit in what I should talk about on the weekly show. <laughs> than what we're going to do today. So we'll hit on Money in the Bank. We'll talk about the G1, which is around the corner. Also, talk a little bit about Collision. Um, this is my first time having the chance to talk a little bit about what's going on with CM Punk since his return to uh, AEW. And uh, we're three weeks into this new Collision show, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And then um, 
just because this is a bonus edition of the pod that hoots, I want to um, bring in the clown of the week, at least a nominee before we get to the uh, main show next week. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. It'll be a little time for what I went on a little bit of a rant on this past week's episode. You went, and, you went on a rampage? No, not a rampage. I, I produce okay. good content. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I know a lot of people are distraught on Twitter, uh, like like you mentioned, because people are just flabbergasted that they don't need to spend 20 hours a day on Twitter. <laughs> really? It's bad enough that we see 500 uh, tweets saying basically the same shit that they got off a of dirt sheet site. So what difference does it make that it's being limited now? <laughs> you, you mean there's? You mean we we're not we're really not supposed to spend all day on Twitter? You mean there's time that we can actually invest in other areas of our life? Man, that's too bad. Man, is it possible to watch a professional wrestling show without being on Twitter the entire length of the broadcast? Are you kidding me? I do that every week. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) When I'm not doing a transcript. (laughs) But but listen, that's work. Yes, that's that's work. work. You have a valid reason for it. Oh, um, AEW did their website over. That's nice. It took about three years to do it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so I know a lot of people are distressed, just flabbergasted with Elon Musk. So I wanted to bring up the levity, if you will, on the interwebs and get people in some good spirits as we continue on for this special bonus edition of the Hoots podcast. And Should I sign little... up for Blue Sky? Maybe. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Um... All right. I'm just, I might be. Uh, I'm gonna, as we speak. I'm gonna pull up a little song here just to get people's spirits up. I mean, well, you know, not, you mean you other know, than that first song from the Ready to Die album that you put out? <laughs> hey, man, music will always. Thank God, it's an instrumental. <laughs> music will always come first to me, so I. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, true. that's true. Um. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to play a little bit of a song from uh, Juvenile, and this is not going to get us in some trouble because this is a NPR platform, so I want to give a shout-out to them and their uh, Tiny Desk series that they've been doing. By the way, if you guys are subscribed to the uh, channel on YouTube, you should right now. Uh, I've been uploading some new content and doing some music I reactions. have seen that. I have, I have seen that. And uh, full disclosure, uh J.R. Lopez has been discussing, at least for the past year, about doing uh, new content, about YouTube content, growing the show. So I'm glad that I've, I've been seeing it. I'm glad that he's been, you know, putting shorts out, and shorts and, and all this <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, a, a year ago, a year ago, you were like, man, I don't know how, you know, I don't know what's going on, man. I got to do something to better the show. And then a year later, you know, you're doing shorts changes to your personal life so you're you're growing in all aspects but continue, continue. yeah so um this song here is a classic especially if you're a kid growing up in the late 90s early 2000s i'm pretty sure you ran into this song it's like called, us um yes <laughs> so this song's called slow motion by the one and only juvenile fantastic song um let's play a little bit of it for you guys and i hope you guys enjoyed this is uh juveniles um uh slow motion for the tiny desk costume that just came out just the other day so let's hear a little bit of this shall we let's do it rest in peace and 
for him, it's for him. Somebody say. It's like I got the world in my palms, a girl up under my arms, she fucked up from the charm, she left the way to dicks, they harp on 12, they're early in the morn, fine women, if they're listening, you heard me, I'm strong, if you're going through your cycle, I ain't with it, I'm gone, you must have heard about them hoes that I beat up in my arms, they wasn't telling the truth, baby, you know they was wrong, nah, make it official in the summer that don't, I don't mind buying blue, you're right too, don't be asking niggas questions about where I'm driving you, Fast. and mama, my shit together, <laughs> I ain't driving you, I don't think that nigga could do you better than I could do. You know, the juvenile recorded street by the derby. Same nigga used to be running with Rossi and Kirby. Can a player from the know you get a chance with it? But I can't bounce with you without using my hands with it. Uh, come on, see. Shout out to that guy in the middle. Yes. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to that guy in the middle. He was like, yeah, that takes me back high school. I'm, I'm, and that's, to me, and I think you already know, that's why nostalgia, I think, plays a, a really big part because you need to have something like that to, to, to take you back to where life was simpler and happier. Not that it can't be simple now, but just, you know, a lot of restrictions and a lot of responsibility. Like when, when that song came out, it was all over the place. The video was out. CDs. Yeah. Kids CDs were out, Uh, you know, (laughs) driving down the, driving down the road and, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock, especially between five and five 30. And in my area, we had one of the top, hip-hop stations in the country play that song all the time so just to be able to to have that song in a different format but still you're able to you know he's there you're able to to sing along with him and just be taken to a a, a, an earlier place in time and that's that's a lot of what music can can do for you in life so i i appreciate that i remember uh going to like on going on the way back to school on nights where we have like school related concerts that I had to play that night. I, I would hear songs like that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and right, right there. Don't right forget about there. right. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Akon, uh, TV, Locked a up. lot of different yep. songs. Um, uh, J- Jaheem. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, I have a vast array of musical uh, tastes, and same. Um, it's really That's why I'm in the wrestling business. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really a, a fun vibe, especially like when you're getting ready to perform, and you get you can like I don't I want to say black out, but like just zone out of what yeah. you're thinking about and just enjoy what music should be. And absolutely, um, you're talking about nostalgia. This is a good tie in here because less. Night, technically UK time last night. Uh, WWE 
produced their 14th annual Money in the Bank pay-per-view or premium live event on uh, Peacock yesterday. And uh, speaking of nostalgia, a nice little surprise for everybody. It's John Cena. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> uh, John Cena made his. Uh, I would have played his music. <laughs> I would have done it. <laughs> John Cena made his first appearance on TV since uh, WrestleMania this past year, and um, a lot of buzz about uh, WWE in London. Everybody knew how successful last year's uh, Clash of the Castle show was. That was for me. That was my pay per view of the year uh, in wrestling, and that London crowds were just phenomenal. Uh, mm. I I think it really. More than anything, should be a wake-up call for us here domestically in the United States to step up our game and not go to these shows worrying about what Dave Meltzer thinks and doing these stupid stuff like Brooklyn crowds do. And actually enjoy the shows and be the star of the show, as Triple H said in the press conference uh, last night. And John Cena is out there. Uh, playing to the crowd, throwing out the idea of having WrestleMania in London. If you if you want to be that person, oh, of course, they're just doing this because AEW is at Wembley. Whatever. That has nothing <laughs> Whatever. to do with it. Whatever. Has, <laughs> give me a give. In, in the words of Gorilla Monsoon, give me a break, okay? Yeah. Let let let. That would be, in my opinion, that would be the biggest PPV slash PLE since SummerSlam '92, possibly ever. So yeah. if you're going if, if to sit here and talk about AEW all in at Wembley, hey, World Wrestling Federation in August of 92 did SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium. 80,355 people were there. How do I know the attendance? Because it's on the broadcast. Look it up, kids. But the fact <laughs> is, what happened, what happened there? I mean, it was huge. And, you know, you got to see one of their own, Davy Boy Smith become Intercontinental Champion, but all it was just that was a spectacle, and and UK fans have been clamoring about WWE coming back. Yes, Impact went there and it was great, but having that big of a of a pay per view spectacle there, uh, that would do huge box office domestically and internationally, and. You know, it has it, that it has nothing to do with the WWE versus AEW narrative. It has everything to do with the wrestling fan narrative. Yeah, every mostly every big city in the United States has had a WrestleMania more than once. And when was the last time that? Toronto or anywhere in Canada had a WrestleMania yeah. 2002. <laughs> so why right. not take a WrestleMania outside of the country and go overseas and see how that works? I'm sure as hell John Cena was not thinking about uh, the two the two week all in all out special. <laughs> When, no, he, when he was running down the rampway. No, he, <laughs> I definitely know he wasn't thinking about. He wasn't thinking about that, and neither was Stu. Yeah, so shout, there you go. Shout out to Stu. Stu yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and also, uh, Grayson Waller, one way or another, he was looking to give John Cena a rub, if you will, in Australia for WrestleMania. But as we saw on the show yesterday, 
uh, Grayson Waller in some way got a rub because I keep seeing people like, oh, is he just going to be a talk show host? And mm, 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 mm. <laughs> He's friggin' injured. Yeah, what do you want the guy to do? <laughs> I mean, gee, what do you want him to be? Perry Saturn in ECW just wrestling on a torn MCL, PCL, ACL, and meniscus? Do you want what? him to do that too? What? what? Like, no, what? he's he's injured. Like, so instead of being injured, WWE's doing the right thing and they're capitalizing on his other talents that he can do. No, yes. he can't he can't wrestle right now. It's not just about wrestling. You know, if he's got other assets to to bring to the table, why not use that? And that's what WWE's doing. And and in the long run, he's getting a rub off the talent the same way they're getting a rub off of him. Now what happens last uh, yesterday at Money in the Bank? He's sharing a ring with John Cena. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't SmackDown going to be at Madison Square Garden this week? Uh, yeah, you'll be correct about that, yes. And isn't Grayson Waller doing the Grayson Waller effect and Edge is going to be a special guest? Yes. <laughs> so so there you go. So and they're advertising it. So you know, there there's got to be other avenues. If, if there wasn't anything else that he couldn't do, he wouldn't be in this spot where he could do something. Yeah, he wouldn't be on the show. Right. And um if anything you could take away from what happened last night is that you look at this year collectively in 2023 Saying that WWE is a global brand, it's not a, uh, it's not hyperbole. It's the it truth. It is, it is, it is world wrestling entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's what it's supposed to be. Uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Saudi Arabia, yes. Montreal uh, for the Elimination Chamber. Now here for London uh, for Money in the Bank. I don't know when the next premium live event is outside the states, but I'll say this, man. Pittsburgh, Indy, um, I know SummerSlam's in the, the shithole known as Detroit, um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you guys need to bring your energy, man, because <laughs> oh, yeah. they, London was the star of the show, and that's not taken away from the stuff that went on story-wise in the show. Uh, we'll get into the show right now. Like, Just think about the chants that are going on, Like, <laughs> and this is really... This really hit my heart in a good way yesterday watching the show because I was such a NXT UK mark when the show was live and I was covering the shows. So to hear chants like, if you hate Roman, stand up. (laughs) If you hate Roman, stand up. Or there's also, uh, uh, if you hate Roman, take your shoes off (laughs) chant. And I was waiting for that to come back. Because uh, uh, Zach Gibson for the Grizzled Young Veterans, one of my uh, favorite heels out there, uh, that was a chant directed towards him for many years. Yes, and then uh, there was like, I sold my car for WrestleMania or something like that. <laughs> and then the man Roman Reigns really got it last yes, night. Yes, he. Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're, you're telling me he's not doing his job right because of that? <laughs> the tribal wink. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> oh, man. But London was awesome. But let's talk about the show collectively. Um, I know a lot of people are, like, saying that Money in the Bank as a brand and a, as a 
premium live event has kind of lost its steam over the last couple of years. But what was your thoughts on this show uh, from top to bottom? Good, bad, or indifferent, my man? I thought it was good. I Listen, we talked about the crowd. The crowd was equally just a bit as big of an, a part of the event as the matches in the ring were, if not more. And so to have the, the crowd be invested and plus be with all the twists and the turns going on in that show. And then at the end, that last big boom, and you see the, the shock and awe and the amazement. I thought it was a very, I thought from top to bottom, you can say a lot about the story, but I thought from bell to bell, I really think that the crowd got their money's worth. And at the end of the day, for the premium live event money in the bank, what's the main focus of a premium live event as far as a wrestling fan to get people talking? And they did. Correct. And you can have a number of reasons for why that happens. We already know the main one, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But through it all, you, the crowd got memorable moments this year for another UK slash London premium live event. And it's making every UK premium live event feel more and more special to the point where don't be surprised if in the next handful of years, there isn't a WrestleMania in sure. London. Cause that, that could happen. And, and why would you have John Cena come out there if the possibility isn't for that to happen one day. Trust me, we don't need to go back to Florida for another WrestleMania. Uh, Been the, there. The site known as, uh, for me, affectionately known as Dumping World Stadium. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a, what a pig side that was. <laughs> was, was, that, was that where I first saw or met you in person, uh, Mr. Camping Tony? World, <laughs> Camping World Stadium? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Damn, yeah. six years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did that time go? <laughs> what the hell happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, we, we were doing so many different things back then, too. I mean, we were in the same medium, but yeah, that's where that's where it was. Camping World, Camping World Stadium. Really, that uh, whole area surrounding it's just a pigsty, man. That's know. why you drive. That's why you live. That's why you stay at International Drive and you drive in. That's what I did. That's what you do. <laughs> well, I need to take your advice. <laughs> Damn, because... a lot of people need to take my advice. <laughs> it's like you because they had WrestleCon on International Drive, and International Drive is a very popular road in Orlando, and. Because everything that could be on that road is there, including SeaWorld. Ooh, and so they, so they had WrestleCon International Drive, and you would think that the hotels would be booked. Yeah. And it was, except one. And it was one of the biggest hotels, and I ended up getting a hotel for, uh, it was a very inexpensive hotel but it was very good and i ended up staying there a couple extra days so everybody was gone on everybody left to the airport sunday night slash monday i was there until wednesday or thursday 
So, you know, sometimes you just got to take a risk. But, you know, I'm glad that everybody is getting their little piece of the pie when it comes to pay-per-views or premium live events. So I think that's definitely something that they're going to capitalize in the future. I don't know if they're ever going to go back to Camping World Stadium. I mean, probably the most awkward ending to a WrestleMania we've ever seen. Uh, I've ever seen live. Uh, But other than that, uh, let's uh, sweeten the pot and give some other people who want WWE there. Let's let's give that opportunity to them. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I'm gonna take your advice because besides where I am right now with my new apartment, this is the last place I'm going to be until I move down to Orlando for good. Um, and I'm telling you, and and even during that time period, if I have to go to Orlando just for vacation or whatever, I'm just taking your advice and staying on international drive. Go on so. international drive, man. If you can. <laughs> If you can stay on hotel, if you could get a hotel uh, at Hotel Monumental, mm. uh, that was the hotel I stayed at because not everybody stayed there for WrestleMania weekend. It was like the only quiet spot at WrestleMania weekend that, that year. Yeah. So I took my, you know, I, I I was glad to have that. And then you just go to Wawa a couple of times a day. You get everything you need. So you're good. Nice. I'll think about that hotel for sure. And then there was another one I heard that was called uh, Rosen Shingle Creek or something. That's in yeah, Orlando but, too. Yeah, that, that's not bad. But you, you got to go to the Monumental. At least Monumental is nice, quiet, and has a nice pool. That's that's the key there. That's yeah. the key there. <laughs> yeah, has, has a very, very nice pool, nighttime swimming. That's the way to go yes. right there. Um, speaking of keys, the key to getting a chance for a world championship male or female got to climb that ladder yeah you got to climb that ladder and congratulations go out to damian priest and eo uh shirai or sky wherever your preference is um both of them were this year's collective winners for both briefcases and this sparks very odd and sometimes low iq debates on uh, social media especially with this one um that happened yesterday and this really you know how you're talking about the wrestling fan narrative and blah 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 blah. i think and i'm just gonna call it like it is a lot of the people with the blue check marks like ryan satin and all these people that get their followers off their booking takes and fantasy booking and stuff like that look we're talking about a predetermined result form of storytelling and we're talking about an industry that's always been layered in su- with it being subjective. So to come in here and have these, I don't know, mind-numbing discussions, debates about what's the logical way to go about a illogical form of entertainment. It just, <laughs> it just, it, even within that, it doesn't make sense to me, pun attended. And we're talking about the money in the bank briefcase, and this is how I've always felt about it for me. I think acceptable winners are people that I actually see having a successful cash in. Yes. If you're not doing it, it's a waste of time giving them the briefcase in the first place. Right. And for me, whether or not this has to do with WWE doesn't want to listen to their fans or whatever. I never thought LA Knight was going to have a successful cash-in. We could have fancy booking scenarios to the cows come home. And I was here, oh, go with the high hand, go with the high hand. Look at how look how over 
we always get we always go into the buzzwords and i'm great i'm so happy to have an actual expert here to talk about this here because even nobody though I, ever said i was an expert i'm just an official <laughs> well i'm talking to somebody who's actually in the industry so like here's the deal like i we hear the buzzwords all the time over yada 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 and trying to act like we're the smartest people in the room guess what otis was over did he needed the briefcase at the time because he was over eugene was over did he need to be the world heavyweight champion Hell, Crash Holly was over in the Attitude Era. Should he defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin? Just because you're over doesn't mean you need something right now when realistically with where things are with the product. No, he was not going to defeat Roman Reigns. And two, did you really think he was going to have a long world, world heavyweight championship reign beating Seth Rollins? I said it on the pod this week. I love LA Knight, but there's this weird thing, especially on Twitter, where the guy can never lose. Especially that the guy can never lose a scripted match, and the guy can never be in the bad end of a promo segment. I love the guy, but (laughs) just some of these over the top reactions and takes for the guy. I can understand being the fan of the dude, but like, oh, it has to be LA Knight or Bus. Oh, if LA Knight doesn't win, see, that's a Vince McMahon decision right there. That has to be Vince. That has to be Vince, bro. (laughs) And it's just like swerve, swerve, bro. Swerve, Swerve. See, see, whenever uh, the fans organically, organically push for somebody on social media, WWE goes the opposite direction. And here's the deal. Like, how do we, how do we turn, this is what confused me about the wrestling fan narrative. When is it where fantasy booking now meets logic? And if the fantasy booking scenario doesn't work, that means it was a bad booking decision. Can you make that make sense to me? Because I was waiting to talk about this for next week's show, but since we're here, let's just. <laughs> you want to talk it, about it? Because I, I, I'm, I'm just like flabbergasted within myself. Okay, you're upset that your guy didn't win. That does not mean it does not make sense. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Let let let's con let's condense this. Let's talk about it real quick. And I've I've been. This is why I like being on the show with with you because you get to make people think here. Here's the deal. Is LA Knight a hot hand? Yes, he is. Do you think that they're not going to continue to ride with it? There certainly are. Now, as a, as a wrestling fan, you're going to say, quote, WWE is not listening to the wrestling fans. I'm just going to tell it like it is. <clears throat> Ready for this? Yes. WWE is, when you say, when an individual says that WWE is not listening to the wrestling fans, it's not the fact that they're not listening to the wrestling fans. They're just not listening to you. Yes. So when you're booking, booking, everybody thinks that WWE in real life is universe mode in a video game. As a fan, I want to be, okay, I want this man as my intercontinental champion. I want this rivalry to happen at this time. I want 
this person to beat Roman Reigns when I say so for the WWE Championship. Well, guess what? Even in 2K, the AI sometimes has different plans. And when it comes to booking in the WWE, they're booking not for this Monday, not for this Thursday. They're trying to book ahead of time. So just because L.A. Knight didn't win Money in the Bank, all of a sudden, oh, well, that's it. He's buried. Just a defeatist attitude. That's right. He's never going to get his shot at becoming the champion again. You know, he just it's over for L.A. Knight. He's, they're going to bring back Velocity and put L.A. Knight on Velocity, and we're going to do all this. And No, the, the fact is, you and in another case, you expected. Let's go back to WrestleMania. You expected Cody Rhodes after coming back last year, then having the torn pec, then being out for eight months. Yes. Then coming back at the Royal Rumble, winning the Royal Rumble, getting a shot at WrestleMania. Did you just think that the story for Cody Rhodes was just going to end just like that at WrestleMania? Oh, he oh, have Cody beat Roman stories over. Like, yes, we were on a pod together, and I had said, just like you did, that we believe that Cody Rhodes would be the WWE champion after WrestleMania. But... We also did say we would not be surprised if the tribal chief retained at WrestleMania. Come on. You mean to tell me young, young, dashing Cody Rhodes, young, dashing American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, 14 months after being in WWE and not wrestling in eight of them was just going to complete his story just like that at WrestleMania? Are you kidding me? We still have to complete this bloodline story. That's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. We still have to complete that. And there still has to be layers of the Cody story that has to be unveiled before we even get to that. And who's and I'll say this, who's to say that if the Cody Rhodes story happens, who's to say that Cody Rhodes would even beat Roman Reigns to become WWE champion. So how about how about this? I don't know why people feel like they had to fantasy book themselves into shoots or fancy bookings uh things for ADD pops. And what I mean by ADD pops, okay, LA Knight needs to win the briefcase. He gets the briefcase, he wins, and then what? Right, right. How, no. many, how many just, times I've talked about fickleness because people have ADD while watching wrestling. They they just want him to get it. To get it. That's it. Yeah. They they just want him to get it just to say, "All right, we're going to have LA night." Cuz you if you notice in any of the any of the arguments, LA night needs to needs to win money in the bank. What is the second part of that question you just said it and then what 
Same thing you, with Cody you at him. the WrestleMania. Yes. So Cody wins. Yes. Same thing at Cody at WrestleMania. Cody w- wins at WrestleMania, becomes WWE champion. And then what? Something, something as fickle as, well, what they need to do is that when Cody becomes WWE champion, then you need to scrap that and just bring back the winged eagle. Yes. <laughs> you need to you need to do that. Like, no. There that's okay, for example, let's put it in sports terms. Okay. So in sports terms, it's not like football, where football is just one and done. NBA you have best of five and then best of seven. Yes. There's a reason why in 1994, the Nuggets as an eight seed upset a one seed. There is a reason why in sports, people can beat up three games to two in a seven game series and still lose. People can say it's over, it's over, that's it, it's over. And then what happens? Other team comes back and wins. Because as much as you hate to admit it, the story, and I'm not saying you personally, but as a wrestling fan, the story will continue yeah. with or without you, whether you like it or not. Because it's not serving, it's only serving the fans who are invested. It's not serving the fans who aren't. Right. And this this is so I always go back to that whole Daniel Bryan thing towards WrestleMania 30. Do, do I appreciate the moment? Was I happy for the guy when he got it? Yes. 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 Pun intended. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. Can I say, oh, it would have happened if CM Punk didn't leave? That, that's another discussion for another time. But this is really what, what, what I've said before. Like, you go back to that rumble. 2014, he loses the match to Bray Wyatt, who was really hot at the time at the beginning of the show. Tremendous match. And then, because it's fancy booking, 2K. And, not, and not letting things play out right, you know, not, not, not following along with what's supposed to be episodic uh, storytelling, right? Road so, to WrestleMania. The road to WrestleMania. So, Danny Bryan had to come back <laughs> Even though he lost a 30-minute match with Bray Wyatt. So he has to come back in the Rumble later on that night. And as as if he's pain-free, nothing's wrong with him. He's all it's a miracle. cleared. <laughs> Again, tell me what the what does that do for Bray Wyatt, for Daniel Bryan to come back later on that night to win the Royal Rumble? And Bray's not in it to get in the way. Can you tell me how that makes logical booking sense? <laughs> Because whatever, I can't believe that's an actual term. Please tell me that's not a term. A logical bookie. <laughs> you know, you know who thinks that that term is logical? People who created that term who have no logic whatsoever. Yes. That that's it, it, it's just simple as that. Like you, you gotta have some sort of a layer, and you also, as a fan, as weird as it is. What this premium live event did, unbeknownst to the wrestling fan, is it made it forced you 
to think back. It forced you to think. And we'll talk about those the big moments in just a minute. We already know the, the bloodline civil war. We already know that. But think about it. With the bloodline, what does it do? It makes you think back to the past. And it makes you think back to moments that you may have forgotten about. That may have been snuck under the radar. Yes. And as a fan, if you didn't think about that moment, you missed it. You missed it. And so what this did is it was a, it was a callback event almost. And that's what I think, especially with the international crowds. And it, it did its purpose. So, you know, where these booking and stuff like that, I don't do booking. I do. I'm a wrestling fan first and foremost. Opinions are what I give. You know, if I want to do booking, I'll pay the money. I'll put in 2K and I'll play universe mode. That's if I want to do the book. But other than that, they're getting paid in Stamford a lot of money to do the best that they can. And they know that they're not going to please anybody yeah. or everybody. They know that. But what is, what's there to try? You, you have to try. Because then what? All you're just going to have are exhibition mode matches. Right. And what, and what are they going to lead to? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Moves. It just matches for moves. Right. Really quick. Like, I'll never come here and claim that I'm an expert for anything when it comes to this stuff. Me I either. Like, for me, I can only observe. Observe this, and report. Observe and tell you what I see from watching the show and how it actually goes. Now, is there things I could want and maybe things go in the right or wrong direction? Sure, that happens with every TV show. But it's just like the entitlement where I have to express my fancy booking idea because it makes sense it to has, me. It's, it's the, it has to yeah. be this era. Right. It, yeah, exactly. It's that. It has to be this or else. It has yes. to be this person or it doesn't make sense. According it's the to dot, who? dot, dot, or else era. Yeah, it's it's insane. So so it doesn't make sense for Damian Priest to get the briefcase because uh, Finn Balor cost him the world title a couple weeks ago on Raw. Are we supposed to forget about that too? <laughs> and <laughs> are we supposed to forget about that moment about five minutes before when Bailey knocked EO Sky off the ladder? Yes. Now, yes, it is every man or woman for themselves in a ladder match, so you have to get those rules. But when it comes to WWE and friendships trump any, everything, are you crazy? When it comes to being championships will always get in the way of friendships. Correct. Period. Especially in modern WWE. So if you don't remember that, if you don't recognize that, then I'm sorry. And the two, how about this? The two briefcase winners give you two reasons to watch both Raw and SmackDown coming into next week's programming. Yes, and exactly. We saw what happened with the exchange with uh, Priest and Finn after uh, Finn lost his match with Seth Rollins. A very physical match. Yes. Um, by the way, I really enjoyed that vignette that they had for Finn. Uh, they showed Versus the video package, Seth. but yes. it, was, it was aired on Raw this past week. I thought that promo uh, 
vignette promo was very good. And then uh, very physical match. Seth retains. Leaves things up in the air now because Priest kind of turned favor indirectly costing Finn the match. Like I brought up the scenario. A I, I don't, ago. I will take umbrage with that only because in my opinion, that was when Finn looked at Damien, if he had stayed the course, he probably would be heavyweight champion of the world right now. Cause if you looked at the angle, yes, priest walked into the shot. Finn looked at him. Yeah. So you can say, you can say, because we've seen in WWE all the time that people's attention, they can stay the course. They can be focused. Yeah. Now, here's, here's my other thing on Finn. And let's put it in context. Finn Balor. Forgotten leader of Judgment Day? Was he ever the leader? Well, think about it. He, when they turned on Edge, he assumed leadership. Slowly but surely, when the Dominic Mysterio Rhea Ripley dynamic came into effect. Yeah. Dom and Rhea became forefront, the most talked about members of the group. And even to a certain extent, Damian Priest now with winning money in the bank has now gone up there. So now whose group is it really? Or is Damian trying to break out on his own, which he certainly can, because I definitely think at times that he may or may not have felt a little lost being a part of the judgment day. Yeah. And that's, that's not his fault. I think that's just because of the great booking of Dom and Rhea together. Yes. And Finn is just, you know, they've kind of just put it to the side. So now with Damian priest holding money in the bank, what does that happen with the group dynamic? Because what if Finn Balor costs Damian Priest the World Heavyweight Championship and kicks him out of Judgment Day? Or what if Finn tries to do a power play and tries to force Damian Priest to give the briefcase up to either Finn or somebody else? Who who would that be? That's who do you question. think? Dominic Mysterio. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that the crowds have been happy that they haven't gotten to see since I want to say before last year ended? Dominic getting a big moment on a big stage and a big win. Especially when a championship is on the line. Nobody wants to see it. Fans don't want to see it. Michael Coleslaw doesn't want to see it. (laughs) Nobody wants to see it. That's the one thing that inevitably is going to happen. 
And I'm not saying that because Dom has already been a tag team champion, but I'm talking individual championship. So, and, and, in, and in the realm of WWE, remember, Jeff Jarrett won the European Championship at SummerSlam 1999, along with the Intercontinental Championship. And the next night on Raw, gave it to Mark Henry. So, as a power play, what if Finn has Damian Priest prove his loyalty to Judgment Day? Because Finn can spin the narrative of Damian Priest costing him the World Heavyweight Championship directly or indirectly at at Money in the Bank. So what if Damian Priest has to sacrifice, which nobody else in Judgment Day has ever had to do, sacrifice something for somebody else. Yeah. And in WWE, that would be completely invalid because there's no precedent. But the possibility is there. And that would turn Damian Priest into a huge baby face, or at least a medium-sized baby face. But I think you're right. It was a very physical World Heavyweight Championship match. Seth freaking Rollins gets the Duke. Perfect person to lead WWE's current incarnation of the World Heavyweight Championship. I like the fact that it was the main event. Get the crowd into it. And plus, like you said, it it makes you want to watch and see what happens on the weekly shows. I gotta say really quick though, the revamp Big Goldie would look nice on the uh, roll, the roll. See what you got. See, see what you got to do then. See, you got to do it in order. You need to switch the spinner and the the rock the, uh, the rock era. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta put it in order. You gotta switch those mm-hmm. up. By the way, that Taker sign back there that's from uh, his Hall of Fame speech. Those are the signs yes. that they're passing out. Yeah. Um, see that that's a one of a, that's one of a kind right there. See, I like I like that. I'm really big on context and substance when it comes to like uh, just life in general. That's how I kind of view things. I don't say things just to say things. I think things out. And for me, when I look at the stuff with Finn, that you really have to go back to that match with Priest and Rollins for the world title, where Priest said he didn't want anybody at ringside, and we're talking and about Finn showed up. Yeah, and he looked at him, and the same thing here. Uh, what happened yesterday? Something's got to give. We see Finn yeah. talking backstage with uh, JD McDonough, aka Jordan Devlin. Um, something's got to give. Somebody's something's getting, coming up. Somebody's getting the boot out of Judgment Day, or we could run it back with uh, Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio at SummerSlam, uh, like it was three years ago when uh, Dominic oh, made his man. debut. <laughs> Think about the heat in that match. And that's exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. Dominic's big moment. See, Dominic can have a moment and he can lose. Yes. The, the fans do not want to see. Like, Dominic can beat AJ Styles. Dominic can have signature singles match wins. That's fine. We're talking statement victories, individual championship, or money in the bank. Yeah. You so know, you know what's messed up? I heard somebody say yesterday that 
it's invalid to say that Dominic's not one of the top bad guys in wrestling today because after the bell rings, nobody cares about what he does in the ring. Are you kidding me? Did you watch the match with him and Cody Rhodes yesterday? Apparently not. A not. Love, the, I guess the all the love, and I'm a big Cody fan, by the way. I'm not, not knocking the guy. Like I, I've done. Here's where I differ from wrestling fans. I'm accountable when I'm wrong with takes and stuff because when he was in aw i just didn't get the shtick i i thought it was so what do you guys want to talk about (laughs) yeah i didn't get it but since he's gone and doing more of a face route here in ww i've i i had to see it for myself and i saw it at the hell in the cell so i got the gist of cody but back to this to say that Nobody cared, so all the love that Cody got yesterday was just by default. They had nothing to do with Dominic in the ring. He, he, he didn't do anything. This is where we, this is where we um, forget. How, how how can I say this? This is where we allow work rate to cloud what's actually good wrestling or this is, this effective is, stuff. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, that star ratings should not count when it comes to good wrestling because there's tens of thousands of matches that don't need star rating. And I'm not saying that it's not a valid system. I'm just saying that's a system. Every person has a different view of what a good match is and what a great match is. Yes. And I thought that Cody versus Dominic was a very good match. Dominic played his part. Rhea played her part. Cody played their part. They didn't lose the crowd. They didn't lose the crowd. They kept it up. They kept the energy up. And in a match like that, in a position like that, that's what you have to do. Yes. And you don't need to do a whole lot of sneaky stuff when you're a heel because that's showing Dom's effectiveness as a heel. And he doesn't lose one ounce of anything by losing the match the way he did. And no, he doesn't. I, no, he th- doesn't. This was a bad week for uh, sources and reporters because uh, supposedly Sor- sources say, yeah, yeah, sources say it was a bad week for them. Uh, the, supposedly Brock Lesnar was supposed to cost <laughs> Cody the match. He he wasn't there. Uh, Randy Orton was supposed to show up. <laughs> he wasn't there. <laughs> not, not not only not only. Not only did was Randy Orton supposed to show up, sources say, sources say, sources say, sources say that uh, he was supposed to come back with "Burning My Light." That's what I also heard. He was supposed yeah. to come back with that, a song that Randy Orton has openly admitted to hating that song. But you know what it is. Well, but but you know what it is. Well, you know it, it, it's nostalgic. So everything has to go back to two thousand and five. Speaking of um, throwbacks, that's when Randy was the Intercontinental Champion. Speaking of Intercontinental Champions, Gunther retained over All Matt hail. Riddle. <laughs> All hail, Gunther. All hail, yes. And um, Gunther, uh, he was met face-to-face. And here's another thing. We, we tie in a lot of these. Sources say. Sources say Sources here. Say. Yeah. Sources say that Drew yeah. McIntyre was going to AW and leaving WWE because he was upset with creative. Those well, sources well, <laughs> suck. That's what happened. <laughs> Lo and behold, out comes Drew McIntyre Lo- down to the ring. Yeah, and... Lo- 
<laughs> I also heard I also heard sources say he was supposed to come back with Broken Dreams as his full time music. Sources yeah. say, but you're right. Out comes you know Gunther uh, defeats a game uh, Matt uh, Matt Riddle, and then holding up the championship still Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And uh oh, here comes a former Intercontinental Champion in his own right, D Mac Drew McIntyre. Yep. Drew McIntyre comes back again, looking in in great shape, looking like he can go. Haven't seen him in a while. You know, what, what else did the sources say that he had ballooned up to 350 pounds? Well, I guess the sources were, were wrong there. Yeah. And now Drew McIntyre wants to be, uh, be the one to dethrone uh, the ring general as intercontinental champion. Will it be done? Uh, only time will tell, as the sources say. But it's good to see uh, Drew McIntyre. So here in the Money in the Bank, we had a the, the sources. Uh, the sources say uh, sources never so- said anything about John Cena showing up there. So there's a knock on that. And or, then or, uh, or Shayna Baszler turning on uh, Ronda Rousey. Let's. <laughs> oh yeah, I I have I saw. The dealio on on the Twitterverse, so I decided to watch the event, see what was going on, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. You you know, as well as uh, the other McColeslaw, you know how I am a how much of a Shayna Baszler fan I am. I have personal experience. I've been in the ring with her, so I should know. Yes. Uh, not tooting my own horn. Sorry, double A, but toot toot. But the the fact is, <laughs> I always I had said a while ago that I thought that Shayna Baszler should be booked as the female version of ECW's Taz. I've always said that. Now Shayna Baszler turns on Ronda Rousey. Well, wait a minute. They just unified the. WWE and NXT Women's Tag Team Championship together. Listen, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship was a very convoluted kind of a thing. In my opinion, you need teams, you need angles, really, to sustain that. And maybe there wasn't enough in NXT. So you just go back to the single brands, unless they're going to make the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship accessible to all brands. Needless to say... Shayna turns on Ronda. I liked it because think about it. Think about Ronda Rousey coming back. Have you really seen before this run? Have you really seen any interactions between Ronda and Shayna on television together? No. So let me ask you this. Remember when wasn't wasn't the partnership between Ronda and Shayna officially founded when Ronda Rousey was the SmackDown Women's Champion at the time? Uh, that'd be correct. So why wouldn't uh, in all the other list of challengers? Why wasn't Shayna Baszler included as a viable challenger for said SmackDown Women's Championship by Ronda Rousey? I mean, I'm just I'm just telling it like it is, 
Everybody got a championship opportunity except Shayna Baszler. And I believe my memory serves me correctly. When Shayna was even close to that opportunity, Ronda somehow got into the way of that. Yes, you're correct on that as well. And also, keep this in mind. Ronda Rousey, yes, she's had individual reigns as SmackDown Women's Champion and Raw Women's Champion, respectively. And in neither of those reigns was Shayna Baszler offered a championship match. But they're friends, right? What what did I say in WWE? Championships will always get in the way of friendships. I said it, and it's true. And think about it. Every you you have to think back. Ronda Rousey used Shayna Baszler as a ploy to keep the SmackDown Women's Championship. And think about it. When Ronda and Shayna were women's tag team champions, Ronda would go into singles action, yes, but think about it. The only opponent that Ronda has never faced in a one-on-one match who knows more about the WWE system than Ronda Rousey does, somebody who's gone through the ranks of NXT, been probably the second most dominant NXT women's champion of all time, sans Asuka, and somebody who has been pretty much uh, overlooked as a as a hidden part of the shows because who always comes in, grabs the spotlight, grabs the headlines, Ronda Rousey. And in my opinion, this is just my opinion, not stating fact, the only reason why Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were WWE Women's Tag Team Champions in the first place was to ever avoid the pot to was to ever avoid the possibility of a one-on-one match between the two. Correct. I was going to say this. Um, unless you're in a legitimate tag team, and if you're friends with somebody on the roster, you might as well uh, request a trade. <laughs> It's yeah. friends. <laughs> Hell, I don't care. If, you know what? If you got enough money, create your own brand. Get a television show and create your own brand. Because Shayna Baszler has had rare opportunities at the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships, respectively. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Shayna Baszler less than a handful of years ago when Survivor Series was the best of the best and all champions faced each other in a triple threat match, wasn't Shayna Baszler the winner of that match? Yes, uh, at the Rosemont Horizon. Yes, she was. So it just seems to me like I think Ronda Rousey getting a little case of the Holly Holm syndrome. <laughs> Because I think the one person who knows her better than anybody, who knows everything about her, knows her fighting style, and has put more time in the game than her, 
and probably knows a few tricks that Rhonda does not know that can beat her. I would not be surprised if it's Rhonda versus Shane at SummerSlam. It just may be. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're friends or family as we uh, tie into our last point here for Money in the Bank. If you have a championship and you're associating yourself with friends and family, it's just going to bring in bad juju. Friends and family is only good when it comes to PayPal, Jack. That's it. That when it, like you said, when it comes to championships in, in WWE, you just might as well see that championship belt as nothing more than a big bullseye on you because everybody wants it. Yes. And yeah, maybe, and you know what? Unfortunately, Ronda versus Shane is not going to be for a championship. But if WWE tells the story right, it's going to be for a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to seeing that. I hope somebody gives Shayna Baszler a microphone and about seven minutes of interview time. Because I want to hear this. Or well, it's time do a to... sit-down interview. I was about to say that you, uh, it's time to bring back the Michael Cole sit yes, down interview. Yes, bring bring back <laughs> bring back the the Michael Cole weekly WWE dot com interviews. Bring those back because I I I I'm not even kidding. Um, I put in the in my library. I decided to put in my library uh, the twenty. I think I put in more pay per views. And I put in the Authority Era. And I remember what you had talked, uh, at least the Authority Era Raw. And I remember what you had talked about because you and I talked about those Michael Cole weekly interviews about how we how we liked it. And so, thankfully for us, they are still on YouTube. And yes. so... That's, so a great, ha- that's a great playlist of it. I, often, it, it, it. I often go back to watch the Paul Heyman ones because, you know, a lot of great things in wrestling, the callbacks... You can hear little things that may be used for one feud that could be used into another feud. And you know what it is? Ultimately, it's character development. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the Bloodline uh, Civil War here. Yes. As as the Usos uh, gave the beats to uh, their cousin, Roman Reigns, and their little brother. Not the headphones. No. (laughs) Uh, I do have some on right now, actually. <laughs> I know. Uh, but they gave the beats to uh, so, uh, to Roman and their little brother, Solo. Uh, they got the victory. And, oh, my God, the earth is <laughs> the earth is shook, and Roman Reigns got pinned <laughs> in a match. And uh, I, You know, the, the sources <laughs> were wrong on that one, too. Apparently, uh, Roman was going to be undefeated for another three and a half years. Well, not only that, not only that, Paid associates with WWE are now talking about booking decisions, which brings us to the clown of the week. I'm not clown, 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 clown. You're big clown, 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 clown. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Um, this is courtesy of Ryan Satin and Fox Sports, uh, who's uh, does the Out of Character podcast. And I like Ryan. I don't have any personal issues with the guy. But I saw this uh, yesterday after the show. I'm like, 
dude, come on, you're better than that to fall. He he pulled an Alvarez yesterday. What what I'm Uh-oh. about to read here, and it's really really a shame. A couple of things for historical context. Uh, the first time Roman Reigns was pinned was at a Chicago show. I remember it was, it was like this big handicap match uh, during the Authority era of Raw, where it was like the Shield against ten people on uh, Daniel Bryan's side. And Jay was the one to give Roman his first loss in WWE, uh, his first pinfall loss. Here we are uh, 10 years later, and Jay is the one who pinned the Tribal Chief. Also, a couple throwbacks. He had the uh, low blow kickout. Um, uh, going back to the, I think it was the uh, Clash of the Champions show, not Hell in this Cell. But um, a lot of callbacks, because really... Like you said earlier, the bloodline, I think we're just getting started than we are towards the end of this thing. And <laughs> we're barely scratching the surface. And like Roman Reigns said at the WrestleMania that press conference, um, this is filet mignon. This is not uh, Wendy's. It's not White Castle. What? <laughs> Hell, I, mean, not... if you, I mean, if you like it. Then... Nothing wrong with those. Nothing but... wrong with that. <laughs> but here we go. And this is what we were talking about earlier about where we mix fancy booking into logic and reality in some ways. Uh, so here we go. And here's my question. Was that huge moment possibly wasted here considering Roman's titles weren't on the line and this was only a tag match? I'm generally unsure if beating Reigns in a tag match without any stakes or titles on the line will launch Jay to the next level like a title win would have. Furthermore, when Reigns does drop the, the belt, that surprise factor may be lost now. Let's continue on here. That's not to say this isn't a big deal for Jay Uso. It truly That's is. what you just said. This is what I'm about to say. Jay and his brother Jimmy have been two of WWE's most consistent performers over the last decade, and giving them giving one of them such a huge win is a positive reminder to all that putting into work can pay off. Okay, let's continue on here. This is this is where the over fascination with booking just clouds all sense of logic with wrestling fans today. This is maybe the dumbest paragraph I've seen all year. It's just that many, like myself, had envisioned the end of Roman's three-and-a-half-year winning streak to coincide with the end of his title reign. That seemed to be the most logical way to conclude the longest world title reign of the modern era. That was the moment. So while this win may have been a big deal for Jey Uso, I can't help but feel like it will only lead to a title match at SummerSlam where Roman ends up on top at the expense of another superstar with main event potential as opposed to launching a new superstar to the top like we all expected. And here's this is what I don't get, okay? This is what I don't get at all. So this is where we mix booking and logic and reality. Ever since the Bloodline story has started, you mean to tell me that Roman Reigns hasn't elevated anybody? You heard that quote I just read there, right? Okay, so we have Roman and Jay at SummerSlam. So Jay loses stock as if he's just another guy on the roster. And then that that right there just does, does not make any sense to me. It just doesn't. <laughs> so 
and then also to say that uh, because a pinfall in a tag team match dilutes his reign of terror or his status as a tribal chief, like the the pinfall loss, the scripted loss, Tony had to be the one that coincides with his title loss. Bullshit. <laughs> That, that's just pure other BS. We're, okay, so what happened at Night of Champions didn't count? He lost the match too. He wasn't pinned. So th- does that dilute his tottering? This is, again, booking and logic. Booking and logic just doesn't coincide with wrestling Twitter. It just doesn't. No, because that's why you have people like us here to educate the peeps. On exactly what's going on. Let me let me break it down to you. People are saying that people you've heard people say that wins and losses don't matter. You've, you've heard people say it. Yeah, it does matter who gets beaten and who gets preserved in a tag team match. What matters most is legal on legal. Yes. So in a one-on-one matchup or in a, because think about it. In a tag match, in a tag team match, in the record books, it says two things. It's going to say overall who won the match. And the other thing it's going to say is who lost the fall. And in my book, I appreciate what he's saying, but he's saying it a little out of context because what, in my opinion, what you're doing is you're relegating the, you're relegating the Usos to just a tag team or just tag team wrestlers. Oh, yes. it doesn't really. Oh, it, oh, it doesn't really matter. You could because the, what really matters is a singles one-on-one match. That really, that's the only thing that matters. Tag team matches don't matter. Singles matches, no. What matters is the illusion of Roman being unbeatable. How do you break that? Roman gets beat clean and legal. In any scenario, it doesn't have to be with the title on the line. Yeah. This ultimately means that Roman will be beaten for the championship at some point. Right. It doesn't have to be by Jey Uso. It it, it doesn't have to be by Jimmy Uso. But the fact is, the fans never saw that possibility happen until last night, that Roman could be beaten. At his apex, Roman Reigns was beaten. In a tag match, we saw, we saw, sir, you'll, you'll appreciate this. <laughs> we saw Sir, sir Rudy Charles. <laughs> he was right there. He counted one, two, three. It was legal. What came before that? Legal tag, saw the whole deal, 
came up with the Uso splash, one, two, three. Purists could say, oh, well, the other Uso was in the ring at the same. Who cares? The fact is, Roman got beat legally. Roman got beat legally by, let's add to the story, somebody who he looked down on. Yes. And when it comes with the Usos, when one wins, they both win. Yeah. Jimmy won at Night of Champions. Even though, you know, the the fall and all that, he didn't win the fall, but he won the statement victory. Jimmy won at Night of Champions. Jay won at Money in the Bank. When one wins, we all win. So I I don't necessarily agree with his statement of, Roman Reigns has to be beaten in a championship match, and that's it. No, well, so, because... but, but also not not just that, but like to even imply that his title reign is equivalent of John Cena burying guys back in the day is bullshit. This entire run, you tell me he hasn't elevated Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Edge, everybody Daniel else, Daniel Bryan. Nakamura, G-Berg, Riddle, G Berg, B Rock, Lesnar. Now, I'm, I'm not, the reason why I'm saying it, the reason why I'm saying those names is because when you're the champion of a brand or the company, you want that to be an attraction. It's an attraction by itself, i.e., must see. Yes. Just like the Miz is must see, you want the match to be must see. You want it to be can't miss. Roman Reigns has been has been can't miss ever since he became Universal Champion. He's got people, you know. Hey, you got Dan Orlovsky, who we didn't even know watched wrestling. You had Dan Orlovsky <laughs> yes. wearing his shirt on ESPN on first take. Yeah, Brother Carter wore his shirt on the uh, ESPN. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. But you want to make sure that the matches must is, is must see. It's an attraction because now there's a possibility with Roman getting beaten at Money in the Bank. Yeah, that means that every match that Roman is in now is more must see than possibly ever before, because you never know he could get beat in your hometown. Yeah. He got beat in London. You want him. American fans got deprived of seeing Roman Reigns beaten. Yeah. They had to watch it on Peacock and not get the satisfaction that London did at the O2 Arena and see Roman. Did you see... Did you hear the crowd? Did you see the crowd, the astonishment, the surprise, that pop at the end? That's what you want. That's a signature moment. The Usos got that. Roman got that because he got pinned. Solo got that. Everybody got that. That's what you want. That's what makes a successful show. So Roman's not burying guys. Roman's elevating himself and the talent that he works with, which is what you should do as a champion anyway. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with Satin. It's like he's pulling an Alvarez here, and it's always these people that are like, oh, Roman should not have the title now. I heard this a lot. Oh, the 
Roman, sources say. Yeah, yeah, sources say that Roman doesn't need the title to have a feud with his cousins, which has been the whole center point of their whole family feud in the first which place. Which is the whole bloodline yeah. story in the first place. Yeah, exactly. It, again, fancy booking and logic just goes way over wrestling Twitter said every single chance against. Not only that, what's not broke does not need to be fixed. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it, if you're still not convinced that Roman Reigns is not the guy, look at the performance that he put off from facial expressions and everything within that match last oh, yeah. night. And yeah. The reason why the reaction is at that decimal, why people are chanting, if you hate Roman, stand up, it's because of him. Half of it, half, here's what I'll say. And I've never done this before. You break it down in thirds. Yes. One third is what you bring out of yourself. The other third is what you bring out of everybody in the ring. The other third is what you bring out of the crowd. If you can do that successfully and equally, you're a you're a can't miss top A plus superstar. That's what Roman Reigns is. Roman Reigns now, and you know what? I know some fans. Listen, I'm going to break your heart. I'm going to break your heart right now. I'm sorry to sorry to tell you this, but I'm gonna break your heart right now. Ready? Ready? You get get be prepared. Be prepared for this. The shield's over. Okay. Shield the shield is over. So you're not gonna get mild mannered, only speak for a few times when necessary Roman Reigns. You're not getting that. You're not getting the beginning of 2014 or 2015 when the shield broke breaks up. You're not getting that period of time when Roman was still using the shield music. You're not getting that. This is the best that Roman Reigns has ever been. And yes. the fans were not ready for it. Well, I'm sorry. It's too late to hop on the bandwagon now. Yeah. Because now he's the best that it's ever been. He's the best that he's ever been right now. He's got the wise man. And guess what? Not only is he the best that, that he's ever been, but again, the talent around you, the Usos, Solo Sokoa's in a prime spot. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens getting that big victory at WrestleMania, ending the Russo, the Usos' reign, becoming undisputed tag champions. No, they weren't on the event, but they, they weren't on Money in the Bank, but they were featured. Yes. Which means they're going to be a priority coming up. Yeah. So people are being elevated because of what Roman Reigns does. And when you're elevating your talent correctly, when the champion is elevating the talent correctly, then that means that it goes right down the line and everybody else gets to get that level and elevate others correctly and elevate others to where they need to be. And it puts on a, a, a better product. This and 
and this that and the... to me that's you know and I'm sorry to cut you off but okay. and I'll just say this real quickly but to me it's not a, it's not about burying people it's about elevating and if you don't get that then you don't know what the difference between the two is this is the last thing I'll say about this what's not broke does not be to need to be fixed and also if you're going to walk in with a defeatist attitude going to SummerSlam, like he said, oh, well, this is so set up easily for Jay to be buried at SummerSlam, you're missing the point. And also this confirmation bias thing over what CM Punk said about him in his podcast and why people hated on the guy for like five or six years, you can't play that game anymore. And if you're going to bring up his work rate, you're just, you lost basically the point of the entire wrestling business. So to even bring that up as a talking point, because you're so fixated, you need to find any little thing to be like, hey, see, that's the reason why Roman Reigns is not that guy. You are lying to yourself, and you just can't admit that the guy is good at his job. You you can't admit it because you never admitted it, because the, the problem with some is they're stuck in an era. If they are fed a narrative about somebody on television, that's who they think he is. And so you did not expect Roman, you did not expect Roman Reigns to be that good. And I'm, and what I'm about to say, I'm not disparaging the other two individuals, but this is what I'm saying. In the shield, you didn't pay attention to Roman Reigns the same way you paid attention to Seth Rollins and John Moxley. And yes, Rollins and Moxley are good. They're very good. Yes. But you paid more attention to them than you did Roman. And when Roman was on his own and Seth and Moxley, or at the time, uh, D'Ambrose, when they were doing their own thing. You still paid attention to them. And you still never paid attention to Roman Reigns, even when he was good, even when he was Intercontinental Champion. Even, yes, when he was Universal Champion. And at the end of the day, you saw Roman Reigns as nothing more than a guy who got beat by the Miz at Raw 25 in Barclays. Mm-hmm. So now... Because Rollins moved away from the Shield because he had his own go- thing going, and Ambrose, not currently Moxley, he's doing his own thing away from the Shield. Roman is still with the Shield get up, still with the Shield music, and it still reminds you of the Shield. You never got a chance to pay attention to the guy because you never saw him as anything more or less than the Shield. And now that Roman is doing his own thing away yeah. from the shield. Now you want to get out on his bandwagon. It's too late, too late because now Roman is moving on with or without you. And that's the wrestling business. Stories are going to move on with or without you. Roman's moving on with or without you. But at the end of the day, Roman is elevating talent. That's what the top guys do. You elevate the, the talent to the point where, you look at the championship and say, okay, until somebody can perform at that same level, Roman's the guy. Big 
big time facts. And here's the deal. As we just wrap up our conversation here about money in the bank, let let the London crowd show you what we're talking about here. Yeah. Roman clearly irritated. They're singing, stand up if you hate Roman. Yeah, there, there, there it is. And, and and you know what? On that moment, great job by everybody in the ring to recognize that the crowd was having that moment. Yes. And doing little things to pause the action while the action was still going on. And knowing that Roman was going to do that. So big, big ups to the major players involved in that. We got two quick things we're going to talk about here as we wrap up this special bonus edition of the pod, uh, the pod of hoots here with referee Tony S. We're going to talk about something that's near and dear to our heart. That is the G1 Climax Tournament. <laughs> G1 I wish Climax. I had a son. G1 <laughs> Climax. <laughs> San Japan e Pusho Climax. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we have the 33rd edition of the G1 Climax. This is the annual tournament, the best tournament in all of professional wrestling. No disrespect to the late, great Owen Hart. You I, appreciate, number one. I appreciate the concept, but uh, nothing defeats the G1 uh, in professional wrestling. And you can see all G1 Climax action on New Japan World. And we have a big batch of participants, just like we had last year. We all we have the second year of A, B, C, what? D block. What? <laughs> and here are the people in this uh, tournament this year. So in the A block, we have the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Sonata, Chase Owens, uh, Hikaleo making his debut in the G1 this year. Uh, the A block, besides uh, Chase and Sonata, are all first-time entries, uh, referee yes. Tony. We got uh, Narita. We got Umino. Uh, Yo- the redefined and re- improved Yoda Suji. <laughs> now part of L- LIJ is part of... Uh, <laughs> Gene Blast, son. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gabriel Kidd as, as part of the Bullet Club Mid faction. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck Dave Finley is calling that. Um <laughs> Whatever the bad luck folly is, he part of that mid. <laughs> we, we, need, we need we need to talk to uh, we need to talk to uh, damn we need to talk to um, Gino Gino Gambino. We need to talk yeah. to him. And then a big time entry here, Kaito Kiyomiya <laughs> from yeah. the uh, from uh, Noah, yeah. um, his first entry, big big acquisition there. You hear the end of, you know, when the G1 Climax entrance were announced, I believe it was at the end 
uh, or on the final night of the New Japan Cup. Yes. And when uh, Kaito Kiyomiya was announced and his graphic was on the screen, just what a reaction <laughs> from the crowd <laughs> uh, there. So, you know, especially with the recent history between Kiyomiya and, and Okada from earlier this year, which currently led to a pissed off uh, Dillagaff Okada. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Kiyomiya. I, I, you know, it, the, the thing about Kiyomiya is you know he's not going to get that young lion treatment. You know he's going to get some wins here in A Block. Yeah. Well, you remember last year with the A Block, I, I called it the the Big Hoss uh, division. This yes. One, this one is New Bloods and Sonata. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> new new blood, new creation, with the exception of, uh, well, Sonata counts as a new And creation. Chase Owens. Chase yeah. Owens, yes. Uh, you know, new bloods and paradise slots. How about yes. that? <laughs> yes, I like that. Yes. And then the B block, I'm really excited for this one because this is the uh, this is like a potpourri of wrestling styles in this one. Mm-hmm. We got Okada, Yoshihashi, Taichi, Kenta, uh the great Okan, all hail. Uh all hail. Will Ospreay is in it. Uh yep. Tonga Loa coming back from injury. Uh very excited to see him back. And El Fantasmo is in this uh, block as well. ELP, which, by the way, I, I'm digging the new look, the light blue look that he's got, a little brighter uh, on uh, El Fantasmo. Wait, let me just write a, a letter here. Here, Tony Khan and <laughs> All Elite Wrestling Production Team. Please... Update ELP's file. He has new music and a new video and is no longer a part of Bullet Club. Correct. Signed, your pal, (laughs) Chris Charlton. That's awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was a legitimate letter right there. But no, I I, I like, and, and it's a lot of new this year in, in New Japan. A lot of people uh, this year getting new new looks, uh, you know, new changes to their attire, their makeup. So what you saw from them for maybe the past four, five, six, seven years, you're not getting that with some talents anymore. Uh, case in point, uh, Sonata with uh, Deadfall, who... Uh, nobody's kicked out of that yet after he's hit hit people with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the new ELP. I like his music. I like the new headbanger. Um, you know, I like I like the, the the scheme. Fantastic athlete. I would not be surprised if uh, uh, if ELP uh, challenges for the United States Heavyweight Championship at some point. Uh, Okada, you know how he is. He's looking to win another G1. But he's going to face uh, Yoshihashi, who is not the same Yoshihashi from 2017, 18, 19. This is a new Yoshihashi. Uh, Will Ospreay, now that he's a, got a big bullseye now on his back now, he's the, uh, once again, United States Heavyweight Champion, IWGP US Heavyweight Champion again. So uh, he's got a big bullseye. So, you know, if anybody defeats him, then they're going to get a championship match down the road. Yeah. Uh, looking to see what Tonga Loa, like you said, coming back from injury. Uh, tai Chi, KOPW 2023 uh, holder, uh, now part of uh, 
just five guys, not four guys, but five guys. And uh, Kenta, a strong member of Bullet Club, I believe Kenta, once again, the uh, strong openweight champion. So there's a, you know, you have three champions here in this block. Uh, actually, correct, uh, correct, I believe you have four champions in this block. Because isn't uh, Yoshihashi and Goto uh, IWGP heavyweight slash strong openweight tag team champions right uh, now? Yes, they are so, actually. So they, we have we have so half of the block are champions. So that's going to lead to some very interesting uh, matchups down the down the line. In case uh, you know, you never know. Uh, one champion could get multiple people uh, beating him, and he'd have to set up for multiple title shots. So uh, we'll uh, see what happens there. A big time glaring omission: uh, Goto and Hashi from the uh, Forbidden Door uh, pay per view. Yep, I might say. Um, so we talked about the new Bloods in Paradise Lock. That's a block. We just talked about the O Country ba- uh, Buffet. Uh, that's the B block. Now for C block, I like to call that we want the smoke division. <laughs> the we, uh, the we, we want, want the smoke, smoke block. block. <laughs> yes, <laughs> look at this. If you just look at these guys and you know their wrestling styles, that's why I'm saying it. So I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> David Finley, current Nevin Overweight Champion. We got Ishi Evil Tamatanga Shingo. Yeah, uh, Aaron Hernare. Eddie Kingston making his first G1 uh, appearance. That's going to be interesting right there. And Mikey Nichols making his first uh, appearance. TMDK. Um, again, if you look at this field for the C-Block and tell me these are guys that don't personify we want the smoke, I don't know yeah. what else to tell you. This is just forearms and chops to the cows come home. Yep, forearms, <laughs> chops, and uh, yeah, it's uh, and forearms, uppercuts. chops, and yep, forearms, chops, uppercuts, and lariats on the menu. Uh, you got, uh, remember, we talked about champions. We've got uh, Ishii is a current holder of the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship with Okada, by the way. I completely overlooked that. So we have five champions in B block, and we have uh, two champions in C block. And remember, uh, Ishii's partner, who we'll be talking about in just a moment as part yes. of the championship trio, uh, he hates his guts. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but, yeah, we've got, you know, Tama Tonga. And, and, you know, what? hey, I'm just looking at the perspective matchups right here. I've got a, my kind of Chris Samsa-esque uh, uh, chart here that I've got going on here. And, uh, by the way, Chris Samsa, uh, at the Chris Samsa on Twitter, sportofprowrestling.com. Thank you, Kevin Kelly. So <laughs> what we've got here is we've got Tama Tonga, who lost the Never Open Weight Championship to David Finley. So knowing – Tama now coming back. That's going to be revenge on on David Finley for there. Ishii just wants to fight somebody. Uh, Shingo just wants to fight somebody. Uh, we all know that uh, Evil, unfortunately, is part of possibly the most despised uh, trio slash group in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Everybody uh, wants and, to. Everybody wants to give him the smoke. Yeah. Yes. And and nobody wants to see him win. Uh, I'm not comparing him to Dominic Mysterio. I'm just saying nobody wants to see him win. <laughs> and uh, Aaron Hanare, after last year's G1, uh, you know, he probably picked up a, at least one or two more victories than he did last year. So this is going to be a very interesting block. Plus, Mikey Nichols part of TMDK now uh, in his uh, first G1. And then we've got what, what, what would you call the, the D block? 
Well, <laughs> the unorthodox block is that what do we, what you would call it? Well, I called last year's uh, D block the Wild Wild West. So let's continue on the tradition here. It's it a, the D block <laughs> continues to be the Wild Wild West. I'll take this one. So we got uh, Alex Coughlin, by the way, who's uh, as Josh would say now part of uh, BCMID Bullet Club Mid. Uh, we've got Hiroki Goto. Of course, he's a, a tag team champion with Yoshihashi. So there's a target on his back. Speaking of a tag team champion, we talked about Ishii earlier. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, that's the man who hates who Ishii hates his guts, yes. and yet they share a championship together. And to, uh, anybody who beats Tanahashi now is, is a statement victory. Uh, Jeff Cobb, he's also looking to make his statement there. Um, he was IWGP tag team champion for like a, a cup of coffee and some cream and sugar, but yes. I think Jeff Cobb wants some uh, singles gold and. Uh, I think the best way to do it uh, is if he can defeat, by the way, uh, a man who he's got a bit of history with, which I'll talk about in just a minute, uh, Shane Haste, uh, also with TMDK, uh, Naito Tetsuya, wild card indeed in the D block, uh, Toriyano, that's the ultimate wild card there for you, and of course the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion, Zack Sabre Jr., is a uh, part of D block. So you got a lot of debuts, a lot of champions and a lot of targets that people are now a part of now more than ever before, possibly in the G one climax. Not only that, a lot of receipts to give out. To yes. Yes. The G one receipt yeah. central. Yes. Uh, Goto, uh, had an upset over Naito in last year's G1. Goto yes. got in a real hot hot streak. Yes, not he only, did. Not only that, Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. recently had a really good match for the NG, NJPW World Television uh, Championship. Um, Naito may want to get some revenge on Tanahashi. We got a matchup here that just gets my, my eyes perked up here. Alex Coughlin against Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Sign me up. (laughs) Shoot. I, I, yeah, sign me up for that. Also, you know, anybody who's pairing up with Goto and Jeff Cobb, uh, you're going to be in for for a fight here. Uh, Shane Hayes against uh, Zach Sabre Jr. That's going to be be good. And of course, you know that uh, Zach Sabre Jr. and Toroyano, unfortunately, have history. A couple of, uh, I believe it was either the, I think it was a New Japan Cup match. Yes. Where uh, Toroyano tied Zack Sabre Jr.'s bootlaces into the steel guardrail, <laughs> caused him to get counted out. Yep. <laughs> and so, so it's, uh, there's a lot of unpredictability uh, in the D block, especially with uh, Toroyano, but expect Naito, uh, Naito could be a favorite uh, in the D block. Uh, I'm not saying that Tanahashi's not a favorite, but I think that the favorites here are leading in no particular order either Naito or Zack Sabre Jr. is coming out of the D block. And that's the thing, too, with this block. Uh, as we talk about receipts, we have forever rivalries. Uh, uh, Tanahashi. Naito Tanahashi, yeah. Naito Tanahashi, Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. and Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi as well. Yes. Let's let's not forget last year's G1, Naito cost Zack Sabre Jr. a chance to go to the finals. That's right. That's right. That's right. He he 
beat him, I think, in less than two minutes. Correct. And uh, yeah, he he beat him with a, a flash a flash roll up in less than two minutes. Yeah, that's right. Plus, there's also the from uh, I believe two ref not from not this past Wrestle Kingdom, but the last year's Wrestle Kingdom. I believe it was Naito and Jeff Cobb. So you know, there's some history there. Uh, Cobb and Toroyano. So there's a lot of mixed, uh, conflicting histories going on in, in, in really all the blocks. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, but I will definitely be following it. Yeah, the G1 Climax is coming up soon. I got I got some news I might give out to some people. Um, I know I've been inactive in the transcript world, but just throwing it out there. I may or not. May or not cover the G1 on my own site just for you guys and dish out the transcripts when I can for those G for the G1 uh, tour. Mm. So if that's something you guys may want or want to see, I'm open to doing that for you guys. So just throwing it out there. Keep an eye out. Yes, keep an eye out to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I'm, I'm keeping the don- domain. and um, That's the thing, man. I, I would love to be active with the site and stuff like that. but I told I, you I, never I just, to I lose just, that domain. I just don't have the money for the like business plan stuff where I can get money back for my articles. Like I would still cover everything, but I just don't have the money for the extra plans. What was it, like 400 a year or something like that? I don't <laughs> Dude, nobody has enough money for that anymore. Yeah, no shot. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, G1's coming up around the corner. It should be a lot of fun. A lot of interesting scenarios can come out uh, as we head towards Tokyo Dome as is tradition <laughs> in the world yeah. of New Japan pro wrestling. Shinio pro Um So, last thing we'll discuss here, just really briefly, uh, we're three weeks in as far as AW Collision has started. Um, I was, I got a chance to go check out the first episode at the Madhouse on uh, Madison, uh, aka the United Center. Um, here we are, three weeks later. Um, I like the presentation of the show. Uh, commentary does make a difference. Uh, if this is going to be a consistent thing, then I will consistently put over Collision over Dynamite. And here's the the funny misnomer: people think I hate everything that AEW produces. No, oh, he I, doesn't. I, I, I think Dynamite is a bad TV show, <laughs> and that, that's really the gist of it. But uh, you're talking you're talking production wise, and I'm sorry, I'm I had to lean back because I was getting my. Uh... My new Japan Samsa stats uh, out because I was looking at uh, last. <laughs> I was looking at last year's G1 climax. I've been thanks to Chris Samson, and now I've started making my own stats now for the G1. But uh, <laughs> but it, like you said, at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is, you know, I think that like you said, I think some of the pairings and matchups I think could can use a little bit more retweaking. I think production-wise, I think that's your biggest issue. I think when it comes to to rampage, it just it's like an off television. Like it, it's not as like I, I think what you're trying to say is that rampage is not aesthetically clean for you. Um, rampage is not just it's just no, not, so not rampage dynamite. No dynamite, yeah, yeah dynamite. Uh, the it's gotten a little better. Commentary is still ass. Um, <laughs> 
this show still doesn't have an identity. I, I still don't know how one week we go from building an AW pay-per-view, then that your next uh, week show's main events have something to do with Ring of Honor. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But, and then Ring of Honor already uh, has a television show. Yeah, and how how blasphemous is this? And I'm going to get a lot of heat for it, but I'm just going to... Blasphemy! I'm going to just keep it 100. It's a damn shame that Ring of Honor has now turned into AW Dark. I've I've seen the posts on Twitter over the last couple weeks that Ring of Honor episodes have now had 13 and 14 matches attached to one particular week's episode. That is That's, correct. That is bullshit. The fact that Ring of Honor, this merit-based wrestling promotion that everybody loves, is now relegated to the same format as AW Dark and Elevation. So, let me ask you. If that was the case then why wouldn't you just have a press release saying that AEW Dark and Dark Elevation will be reprised as Ring of Honor? Because think about it. In the press release, it was Dark and Dark Elevation canceled. But you're, you're keeping the same format as both of those shows for ROH. And using the same people that were on those shows as well. They haven't used me yet. I'm not I'm not saying that <laughs> Ring, I'm not saying that having Ring of Honor is a bad thing because they still do those quarter no, pay-per-views I, here and there. But I, I, I like comes... Ring of Honor. I, I I I like Ring of Honor and what it has done for the industry before Tony Khan bought it. Yeah. And I like the fact that Ring of Honor was is you know hopefully is still a showcase for new and unseen talent. Of course, personally speaking, if you want to look at new and unseen talent, uh, take a look at me right here. But uh, other than that, yes, um, I, you know, shameless, uh, successful. But uh, I think that uh, uh, legitimate. And when it comes to uh, the talent, though, just call on space page. But I think uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, like I think with with Ring of Honor, I, it's just. It's like Ring of Honor. I think it's like a it's a potpourri, and it's like it's not like I think Ring of Honor can be great, but like okay, like I'll I'll, I'll shoot like right here. So I'm looking at two different websites. I'm looking at AEW, and I'm looking at Ring of Honor. So here you have, and I'm not going to list them all. We have everybody under the sun. Everybody under the sun as part of Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, as part of AEW. Oh, Brandon Martinez, the AEW referee? Oh, that's pretty good. Well, for some reason, Stefan Smith is the only referee of color for Ring of Honor, for AEW. I don't, I, I don't understand that. But now if you go to – so if you go to Ring of Honor's website, okay – I'm going to give you Ring of Honor's roster page right now, really quick. So this is all that Ring of Honor has listed for their roster. And they are, okay, this is it. I'm not kidding. Uh, Ring of Honor world champion, Claudio Casagnoli. Women's World Champion Athena. 
Yes. Pure champion Katsuyori Shibata. World television champion Samoa Joseph. Which, by the way, thank you, ZSJ. I'm now calling Samoan Joe Samoa Joseph from now on. <laughs> uh, World Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Brothers. World Six-Man uh, Tag Team Champions, the Embassy, Brian Cage and company. All right, this is all Ring of Honor has on their roster page, and I'm not making this up. The aforementioned Athena, Claudio, Samoan Joe, I'm sorry, uh, the aforementioned Athena, Claudio, Samoan Joe, the Lucha Brothers, and the Embassy. In addition to Cash Wheeler of FTR, Sebastian Bach, I mean Chris Jericho, Dalton Castle, Daniel Garcia, Dax Harwood from FTR, both Briscoes, Mercedes Martinez, the boys, and Wheeler Utah. That's it. So, I think Ring of Honor, yes, I think you you appreciate Ring of Honor for the name, but I think at least with Ring of Honor, previous incarnations of Ring of Honor, there was at least some structure in the meaning of why you do what you do and why things happen the way they did. And there has to be more. I appreciate, I like their super, their super cards or pay-per-views. I do like those. But I think that television just needs a little bit more substance and structure and have a little bit more rugged format as opposed to AEW, if that makes sense. Correct. Uh, last question here for the pod this week, my man. Um, yeah. What is your thoughts on uh, Collision? Good, bad, or different? And also the never any chronicles of drama with CM Punk. <laughs> well, uh sources say I didn't have an opinion on collision, so I'm gonna have one right now. I don't I I think collision is good. I like the presentation. I like the flow. I, I think that when it comes to production, I think certain, you know, as weird as it sounds, certain colors have to match, certain things need to happen, at least production wise, for to bring me into the show. Mm-hmm. And I think collision does that. I also think that um, as far as like graphics, I think would be better because remember how the fans didn't remember how the fans love the moving superstar match graphics back in the day. Yeah. And then WWE stopped using it for like over (laughs) a decade. And then AEW comes back and some fans are like, well, you know what would set us apart? What would set us apart is if you can do the moving match graphics like WWE used to do, and then they did it. I think instead of just doing it for the big shows, I think if you do the moving match graphics for a collision only, I think that would kind of, because you have CM Punk, you, you, you have good talent there. But you just need to do something on that show that no other AEW. Damn you, StreamYard. 
hopefully we get Tony back here. Um, come on, StreamYard, cooperate. Go. There we go. Three, two, okay. one. There we go. Okay. So um, I love the fact that Kevin Kelly is back on national TV. Yes. And that Nigel McGinnis is his partner. Fantastic chemistry in Ring of Honor, in the original incarnation of Ring of Honor when they worked together. Check out Ring of Honor Wrestling Television if you're an, a Honor Club member from you know, back then, I want to say 2011 or 12 to when Kevin Kelly left. Um, and Nigel can bring so much insight into not just British wrestling, but American wrestling. And hopefully they use Nigel and, and Kevin as like a bridge, kind of like a bridge between Ring of Honor Television and AEW Dynamite. And I hope that that's what Collision can be for. Um, but more Kevin Kelly on my TV, more Nigel on my uh, on my TV. And uh, as far as the ever-going drama of Charles Montgomery Punk, the the sources love this guy. They they they, they can't get enough. No, they, they can't, can't. get a, they, they cannot get enough of of Cookie Monster Punk who's really just trying to do his own thing and C try CM to Punk, live his best life. CM Punk's keeping wrestling websites alive. Yes. <laughs> all, all, all websites should be paying monthly royalties to CM Punk Incorporated. Yes. Because <laughs> half of his, half of their news is based on him and it's not unfounded. If hey, CM Punk, hey, listen, you ever want to come on a show that has no drama and you just want to talk wrestling? We don't deal in rumors. We don't deal in reports. We just deal in what we see. And if and if you, you know, I'm not saying if you ever, but if you want to come on on either this show, my show, and just talk wrestling and the love of it, we we open it up to you. But as it comes to Collision and and CM Punk, good. You have CM Punk as, as a face of a show. I like that because I think if you look back in the in the Attitude Era, there was a face or at least one or two faces for either Raw or Nitro. Like you can say, hey, Stone Cold, okay, that's Raw. Triple H, that's on Raw. Hogan, okay, that's Nitro. Yeah. NWO, that's Nitro. Cruiserweights are on Nitro. So I think if you can just put some talent on that show and – I'm not going to say brand, but identify as collision and then kind of work with it, then it could be something that possibly can overtake dynamite is maybe a, a lead show, uh, but that's, that's possible, but you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I think collision is good ultimately and it's a new show. So things are going to work out. So we'll see what happens, you know, six months down the line when collision is established. There was a couple of good matches on the show last night, like uh, Will Hobbs and uh, Dustin Rhodes was very good. Um, More Dustin Rhodes on my TV, please. Yes, please. Uh, we deeply appreciate that. Uh, Ricky, yes. Stark, Ricky Stocks and Juice Robinson. Uh, my bad. Rock hard. <laughs> Juice Robinson. 
And then, of course, uh, Samoa Joe Roderick Strong was the uh, main event offering on Collision as the Owen continues. And I said that the Owen continues. I, I'd call it that. That's what they're calling the cup. So that's what that's what it is. The, the Owen. The Owen. <laughs> uh, but uh, does, it, does be... it come with a free copy of Fight Forever? I hope not. Uh, one th- one thing is for certain though, uh, everybody on Twitter should be happy. We're getting CM Punk and Samoa Joe on next week's edition of. Uh, oh, 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 you know what that you know what that means. Well, this you know you know what that means. N- nostalgia is gonna hit. You know what that means. <laughs> well, you know that that means that maybe you, maybe just one time you can just you know I know Claudio is the Ring of Honor World Champion, but you know can, can you just. You know, make Samoa Joe the Ring of Honor World Champion, just so you can have uh, CM Punk, you know, possibly face Samoa Joe and beat him for the Ring of Honor World Title, just like we did back in the day. Uh, but uh, it's not going to be the same as it was 15, 18 years ago. Sorry to disappoint you, but it's not going to be the same. Um, it's going to be two veteran guys who are names in this business, and that is a main event matchup. Yeah. And so uh, I think at the end, you got Punk and Joe. It's a, it's a pretty solid main event. And um, if Collision can, can keep doing that, they've got something with it. Brother, you brought brought things full circle because you just <laughs> you brought up what we talked about earlier about people fantasy booking themselves. Hey, you know, um, you know, Samoa Joe could defeat Claudio at uh, Death Before Dishonor, and then uh, CM Punk could fight Samoa Joe at Wembley at All In for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And, and see, that's that's just the perfect way to go about it, booking wise. You know, I, I mean, Tony Khan no, has no. it right there on a silver platter. Guys, guys, I, I have the perfect idea, guys. I have the perfect idea. Okay, welcome well, me on this. This is perfect. So, I heard a wrestling promotion. I've never, I've never heard this concept, but but what they do is they have multiple guys climb up a ladder, and somebody gets a briefcase. Right, right. Stay with me on this. They get a briefcase, and they pull it down. And when they pull it down, they win the match. And when they win the match, they get to to cash it in for for a championship match anytime they want. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's, what gonna, here's what's going to happen. All right. So Samoa Joe is going to have all the belts, right? Samoa Joe's going to have, he's, he's going to, Samoa Joe's going to beat Claudio for, for the, for the ring of honor world championship. Now Samoa Joe's going to have two championship belts. And then, no, we're not, we're not going to book to all in. We're going to fantasy book. So we're going to have at AEW in Chicago again for Forbidden Door 3. Yes, yes. And then it's going to be, and then what we're going to do is about about six weeks before AEW goes to Chicago, CM Punk's contract is going to expire. That's what's going to happen. Yes, the contract <laughs> is going to expire, and he's going to face Samoa Joe, who's the face of Ring of Honor, when CM Punk was the face, was the true face of Ring of Honor when he left for WWE. So CM Punk is going to face Samoa Joe in Chicago at the United Center for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And he's going to say, damn it, Tony Khan, if you don't, if you don't meet my contract demands, I'm going to walk out and I'm going to take the Ring of Honor World Championship with it. <laughs> Even though Tony Khan has already met my contract demands, but hey, what's a little bit more money? And then CM Punk 
and then here Tony Khan is going to have a, a Tony Khan's going to be in the match, and then what's going to happen? Fantasy booking, ladies and gentlemen, and then a referee's down, and then Tony Khan's going to bring out a, another referee, and here comes <laughs> Aubrey Edwards, and then here comes Karen Jarrett with a guitar hitting hitting Aubrey Edwards with it, right. and then here comes Paul Turner after Sia Punk hits Samoa Joe to go to sleep and gets the one two three, and the whole Chicago crowd goes nuts, and then CM Punk takes the Ring of Honor World Championship and he goes over the barricade. And he kisses, blows a kiss right to Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's like, damn it, punk. And then CM Punk, CM Punk <laughs> runs up the crowd. CM Punk uh, runs up the crowd with the Ring of Honor World Championship. He runs and to the Michael the, Jordan statue at the eighth he runs, he, runs he runs to the Michael Jordan statue. And somehow there's a basketball hoop right outside the, the Michael Jordan statue. But CM Punk doesn't want to take that chance because CM Punk has had multiple foot injuries. So CM Punk just has to go home. And when he goes home, <laughs> what does he do? He takes the Ring of Honor World Championship and puts it not in the fridge, but in the freezer. And that is how you fantasy book. Sorry, kids. That's not going to happen. Uh, not with that. Uh, but I, I, I expect Joe and Punk to be a solid main event match that it's going to have people wanting to see more of it from, from collision and maybe some more of it from dynamite. I think, you know, I think if you treat collision like collision as it should be, and you slowly build something with that show, I think it, I'm not saying it could be must watch, but I think it could be something that you want to see even more so than dynamite. Right. And, as long you know, it's like, hey, some fans like Raw over SmackDown. Some people like SmackDown over Raw. If you can have that with all of those shows competitively, that's a good thing for you. Yeah, big time. And here's the thing: like I brought up that scenario about All In, right? So they have this match for um, during the second round of the Owen Hart tournament. The what? During the second round of the uh, Owen Hart tournament. My bad. The what Owen, is it? The Owen. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so second round of the Owen, and then um, Punk defeats Joe. Now, mind you, all is not till August twenty seventh, so we still got time to map this out. That's why I brought up death before the stoner. Yeah. Small Joe is going to be pissed. He's going to look for a consolation prize <laughs> from Tony Khan. Tony Khan's the king of consolation prizes. Um, <laughs> and. Oh, it's okay, Joe. You know what? You and uh, Smo Joe had some good matches back in the day. I don't know if they ever fought each other or not, but anyways. <laughs> no, they ever fought each other or not. <laughs> they'll, they'll fight each other at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And then, <laughs> guess what? Because Punk defeated Joe in the Owen, he'll cash in the Owen and fight <laughs> Joe at Wembley. <laughs> I swear to God, that's how wrestling Twitter is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then, and then, and then the, the, the really sad thing is wrestling Twitter will get what it was, and all of a sudden, hey, but isn't MJF supposed to headline Wembley? He's the AEW world champion. There's always a problem with something that when they get yeah. what they want, there's always a problem. Yeah, oh my God. I, I, I'm glad that Elon, Elon Musk gave people a, a life reminder that you don't need to spend all day on Twitter. <laughs> Holy crap. I didn't even know that was a real thing. You could actually do that. Yeah, but. <laughs> what was that? My goodness, what just happened there? Hopefully the StreamYard thing. All right. 
I apologize, guys. Um, <laughs> I lost power in the city. It's been raining really bad today. Literally just gave me the boot. <laughs> but, then, but we're back in business. I'm sorry about that, guys. <laughs> First thing I looked at, and I, I saw Josh Lopez looking to the side. Next thing I know, it was in the dark. And then he went gone. But it, it to be honest, it, it's, you know, over in my side of the country, it's been, it was raining pretty good uh, here, at least for the, you know, on and off for the better part of the last yeah. week. So uh, if you wanted rain out there, you certainly got it. Yeah, we've been getting, we were getting flash uh, flood uh, warnings earlier today, but, um, well, that's the first year since I moved in. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'm sorry about that, guys. I feel bad about that. Um we're good here, Tony. You still hear me good? Yeah, man. All right. Um, I, I guess TK just uh, uh, was upset <laughs> about what I was doing that impression there earlier, but hey, it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, things are cooking up for Collision. I think it's on a good path. So, um, like seeing Miro on the TV screen more often too, which is good. Um, but besides that, um, yeah, um, don't forget to check out. Um, the pod of hoots that drops every single Thursday and where you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can hit your boy up at Twitter at the hoots podcast. I'm on Instagram at, uh, Josh Lopez media. Um, here with referee, Tony, my man, uh, Tony, uh, tell everybody where they can find you up on Twitter. Oh, at least for right now, I am on Twitter and Instagram. Still a referee. Tony answers yes, only one. And if there's uh, somebody else, then you need to report him. Uh, referee Tony S <laughs> on Twitter and uh, Instagram uh, at the moment. Um, still refereeing around these, uh, at least in North Eastern United States. Uh, wait a minute. Ah, there it is. Yep, flash flood warning. Yep, he got it. Uh, so I will be uh, refereeing for uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling. We were supposed to have an event this Saturday, so I believe it will be uh, July 22nd. In uh, Newburyport, Massachusetts, that is my last event before heading out to the uh, Mega Fan Fest convention at the Gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's August third to the sixth. Uh, that's going to be a good time down there. A uh, whole lot of guests, uh, talent going to be there. Uh, Kurt Angle, Diamond Dallas Page is going to be there. Uh, Kevin Nash was supposed to be there. Uh, I believe he is not, but we do have a J- uh, That's right. Uh, JR is going to be there, I believe. So we're going to have a lot of people who are going to be there um, for this kind of fan fest. Uh, and uh, I'll be resuming my refereeing duties after that. Uh, I do know that there's also a wrestling show that night. I believe Kerry Morton, uh, NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, is going to be there. The uh, C.W. Anderson, I think, is supposed to wrestle there, as well as Tommy Dreamer. That has been unconfirmed. Mm. That might be uh, in that, a few weeks. So that's a lot of cutters there. Oh well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of cutters and uh, Death Valley drivers going on there. But uh, C.W. Anderson looks great. Tommy Dreamer can still go. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, still blessed here just to be making it today. I'm still the host of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. That's coming back, and I do apologize for the lack of updates. Uh, my 
professional life has been taken over and my sleep schedule and my day off schedule has been uh, really out of whack lately. <laughs> but um, once I get the grip of this professional thing, I will be uh, having more interviews and more special things going on. But uh, yeah, referee Tony has on Twitter and Instagram is where you can find me. And uh, the heat pod on Twitter is where you can find uh, the show account as well. And the show is on all uh, podcast platforms, including this one. And uh, hopefully if I can uh, get uh, some good uh, video content going, uh, that will probably be coming up soon. I just got to figure out the mechanics and the schematics and how to work that. But uh, yeah, referee Tony S on Twitter, Instagram, the heat pod on uh, Twitter is where you can find me and the show. And uh, on here on certain occasions, uh, if uh, Josh uh, has the right amount of money and is able to fly uh, Tony Khan's uh, private jet uh, over here, just keep Aubrey Edwards off the jet. <laughs> um, for referee Tony, I'm Joshy. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. This is a fun. I heard she has guns, by the way. Uh, no, not surprised. Uh, no, you, you didn't, no, no, not those guns, like oh. arms. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, when you're a cloud chaser, I guess that's the thing. You need the flex. You need that, to that, that flex. That's, that's, all I, that's all I heard. That, you know, that's all I heard on social media, these sources uh, after the match of the century. That's all. That's, that's, the, that's what the sources say. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, you know, hey, listen, if you have aspirations of getting into the ring, then by any and all means, you get into the ring. Um, as for me, uh, I love just being a referee, and that's what I love to do. So I will stay uh, in my lane, so to speak. You can call me LeVar Ball. I will stay in my lane as a referee <laughs> the way that it should be. But no, I heard, but that, that's, you know, hey, listen, you know, episode of the Hoots Pod, sources say. So. Sources say. <laughs> yes, yeah, source, 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 sources say. I mean, hey, we had booking ideas up the uh, wazoo today. So no, it was a. It was a it was a, a pleasure to be back with you. And uh, before we go, uh, we're going because we, I normally do this, uh, big shout out to the man who is currently on extended hiatus, uh, from this pod, uh, shout out to brother Carter, who's, yes. uh, doing, who's doing his thing and moving and traveling and, and getting hitched and celebrating yeah. and a new job. So, uh, you know, uh, he'll be back soon. Uh, sooner than later, but uh, just want to give a special shout out to him because uh, this is normally his side, and I'm taking his side. So I just want to, you know, and he's still, even though he's away on ha even even though he's on hiatus, he is still director of operations for this show. So I knew that, uh, you know, I knew that points would be on the line if I didn't say that. So. Sure. Shout out to uh, Brother Carter. He's all setting in Arkansas now. <laughs> that's where he is. Yes, that's the, right. The, the the mayor of Arkansas, Brother Carter. <laughs> hey, listen, if, if that was legitimate, hell, I'd move down there. Yeah. I, I, I've, I had enough reasons to move out of Chicago, so take me anywhere at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, in, in progress. In yeah, progress. In, in progress for sure. But I, have, I, mean, I mean, hey, there's a there's a stake from I I know prospectively where you're trying to go, and uh, steak and shake. Sorry, mm -hmm. not steak and shake. Well, steak and shake, yes, yes, Shake Shack. 
I haven't had Shake Shack. Uh, so, before we go, Shake Shack, I haven't had the extreme burgers. There's actually a Shake Shack around about two blocks away from where I work. So mm, Nice. Uh, so, it's... it's I, Quick question, not, very important, very important question. Yeah. It's not, it's not trash. <laughs> it's not trash. No. Uh, so, I paid for a drink, uh, standard Shake Shack burger, uh huh, and, and fries. Very nice. Like, six, like sixteen bucks. That's not bad. Now, yeah. Now, I think for the price that I paid, I should have gotten a little bit more fries. <laughs> Burger was on. Burger was good though. Burger was on point. Standard Shake Shack burger. Burger was on point. Drink was good, but you're gonna get a drink with Shake Shack. I don't care what drink you want. No ice. No ice. No ice. Okay. No, because you don't want your drinks tasting like either soda or whatever kind of drink. Or let, let's say, for example, you get a lemonade. No ice, because you don't want your lemonade. To be lemonade in the beginning and taste like water at the end of it. Right. Right. So, but yeah, paid 16 bucks. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but the, the, the burger was good. Wish I got a little bit more fries though. So. Mm. Hey, trust me. It, it all sounds good. I'm, it's going to be a while before I can partake in something like that, but um, it's, you can <laughs> do, do Chick fil A though. Chick fil A though. Yeah, Chick fil A. Yeah, Chick Fil A and water. I'll, I'll have food, but I I gotta lay off this. Well, you gotta uh, have we gotta have food. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm gonna eat, but like I'm saying, like I'm on this fast of uh, sodas and stuff, so yeah, it's gonna be a true. while before I partake in that. Like my exception now is like ginger ale or uh, crystal yes. lights. Yes, ginger ginger, ginger ale is, is my go-to. Does and the weird thing with ginger ale doesn't matter the brand you. Like you can get price right brand, still pretty good. They're all good. Give, yeah, give me the can of the dry stuff. Cold yeah. with no ice though. So. <laughs> but no, we will we will definitely uh we will definitely do this again. And uh now that I am getting my library up, uh more rewinds uh to come, uh for sure. Nudge nudge wink wink in the future. Don't forget, folks, we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers here on our YouTube channel, so make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel. And uh, we're going to pump out some more content in the coming days for uh, since we're recording this on a Sunday. But uh, beforehand, I want to wish everybody a great, happy 4th of July weekend. And uh, not weekend. It's on a Tuesday this year, which is so odd. Holiday. <laughs> Enjoy your 4th of July holiday for Referee Tony. I am Brother Adam. This has been a special bonus edition of the pod that hoots. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, no way dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. Love y'all. Stay stay off Twitter for a little bit. We'll talk to y'all next time. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All day, bye. Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>